A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Sensemaker Hello, I'm Tomini and this is The Sensemaker. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, how the UK government got itself into such a muddle over Ukrainian refugees. It's two weeks since Russia invaded Ukraine. As the Russian invasion intensifies in Ukraine, more than two million refugees have now fled the country, according to the United Nations. Ukrainian officials say that exodus has created Europe's fastest growing refugee crisis since the Second World War. More than a million refugees have crossed into Poland alone. Just over the border from Ukraine, it's the first country many have arrived in. And Poles have been quick to welcome them. The question why for us is like, doesn't exist. I'm just here because that's what I need to do. Yeah? I just want to help them. I just need to find out what they need and do everything so they're going to feel calm and safe, yeah. Volunteers have queued up to offer Ukrainian refugees food and places to stay for as long as they need it. Pushchairs have been left at train stations, ready for Ukrainian mothers arriving without one. Because Poland neighbours Ukraine, it has some cultural similarities, which is why many refugees will hope to stay there for now. But others will want to go elsewhere in Europe. Faced with a movement of people not seen in decades, the European Union has offered a quick route to temporary settlement for Ukrainian passport holders, bypassing overburdened asylum systems. Now, contrast that with the UK's response, which has been stuttering at best. Well, Priti Patel's situation this week has been very embarrassing for the government. Matt Dancona is an editor at Tortoise. The numbers of refugees that the UK has accepted compared to other countries is so minuscule. A fortnight after the invasion began, the UK had only granted 760 visas to Ukrainian refugees. Ireland had issued 2,000 through the simplified EU route. The system is so horribly complicated that whereas the European Union has basically just announced a, 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 a visa waiver, Uh, The UK has kind of um, gone through a hokey-cokey process of um, chopping and changing the system as it exists. The government says 200,000 Ukrainians will be able to come to the UK through two newly created schemes, but there are conditions attached. The first allows those fleeing the conflict to join relatives already living in Britain. And the other promises to let people and organisations sponsor Ukrainians and match them with a family, irrespective of whether they have links to the UK or not. Those people also need to pass security checks and meet biometric visa requirements. The practical reality has been utter shambles, which is that you, you have people who've you know, come a very long way in the most you know, emotionally straightened circumstances it's possible to imagine, got to Calais and been told to go 
to Paris or found that they need to present all sorts of documentation on very complicated online forms. The French government has accused the UK of lacking humanity for failing to issue visas in Calais, where several hundred refugees were turned away because they didn't have the right paperwork. And those that did have the paperwork were advised to go to Brussels or Paris to fill out complicated forms. Priti Patel says the Home Office has sent extra staff to visa processing centres to speed up the process. Let's be clear, this is the first scheme in the world that's up and running in this short period of time. So I'm surging staff across all application centres across the entire European Union, as well as in the border countries such as Poland, where, where I was the other day and obviously where huge numbers of people are coming through. The other point to make, this is why... I'm so far, 17,700 applications from Ukrainians wanting to rejoin relatives have been started. A fraction of those have been granted. So... What does this tell us about the UK's attitude to immigration? Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection, a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you've followed the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change, and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate? And how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis and find out why pre-arranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. When the Russian invasion started... A YouGov poll suggested that 63% of Britons supported introducing a scheme to resettle Ukrainian refugees. That figure rose to 76% a few days later. That's higher than last August, when Afghan refugees were fleeing the Taliban. I think one of the uh, delicate, very sensitive issues that is going to uh, become a bigger issue as this crisis goes on longer is the the question of ethnicity. There's no question, I think, that uh, Western European nations generally, and perhaps the UK specifically, treat um, incomers differently on the basis of their ethnic background. And as a humanitarian crisis unfolds in Europe, people around Priti Patel continue to have their eyes on public opinion. They always quote what happened to Germany with the Syrian refugees, which was Angela Merkel introduced a very generous policy which enabled a la- very large number of Syrians to come to Germany. And it was popular at the time in Germany. And then it became spectacularly unpopular very quickly. And Patel and her circle always say, 
they say we don't want to do an Angela, we don't want to do a Merkel, you know, and that's the argument. The Home Secretary is looking to the future. Yes, of course, at the moment everyone says they want thousands of Ukrainians to come to the UK, but in two years' time, they'll be furious with the government that there are thousands of Ukrainians in the UK. So that's the tension. The UK government insists it stands shoulder to shoulder with the Ukrainian people, and on many things it has. But if Boris Johnson wants to be seen to be leading the West's response against Russia, he may need to put domestic politics to one side to get this right too. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker. I work for a news organisation called Tortoise, where we're publishing a collection of daily messages from inside Ukraine as the Russian invasion unfolds. To listen, just search Invaded Voicemails from Ukraine wherever you get your podcasts. Today's story was written and produced by Imi Harper. The Sensemaker. Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection, a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you follow the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance. War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes, covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change, and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate? And how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis and find out why prearranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. Mm-hmm.